good movie buddies to the Popcorn Diet, a podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie theater popcorn and other movie snacks such as sugar, but specifically sugar that is snorted through a licorice vine. I think that that's an important distinction to make. As always, my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy, and with us as usual is our other good movie buddy, the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn. David... Summer's almost over, man. How you doing? It's getting bleak, let it, me tell you. It is getting bleak. We're, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel these days. August has not been kind to us, I feel. Uh, I feel every single one of these movies that we've seen in August, I have either been disappointed by or outright not enjoyed. Exception being Crazy Rich Asians. Exactly. The exception. You're right. Leave, Thank leave, you. Leave it to the chick flick to... Uh, <laughs> It was, like, it was like comfort food, man. It's comfort like, food. I'm not going to be mad about this cotton candy that you're giving sure. me. I appreciate it's that. Crushing it at the box office. Absolutely crushing it at the box office, but not the newest, biggest release this week. That, those honors, um, and I don't want to say biggest, but I do want to say like the newest wide release. Let's put it that way. Um, those honors go towards the R rated puppet extravaganza known as the Happy Time Murders. And that is what we saw this weekend. Um, for those of you who don't know, the trailer came out uh, beginning of summer, a little bit before that. And I was immediately in on the Happy Time Murders. I love everything that was in that trailer. I, I love the idea of taking something that is normally... And this is kind of an interesting, I guess, question. I don't know. Um, but I, I like the idea of taking a medium of filmmaking, so like animation or puppetry or whatever, and using it to tell a, an adult story. Um, something like a... And this is... Happy Time Murder is not the first movie to do it. Nope. Uh the first movie, in, in, and I, I mean, maybe there's even more, but um, Peter Jackson made Meet the Feebles back in the day, which was the same thing, like deranged puppet nonsense. We got Team America World Police. We got, uh, if you want to talk about animation, you know, we have like Sausage Party. Uh, and then you have like those live action animation crossovers that aren't really, I mean... Who Framed Roger Rabbit? A little less so, you know, although that did a noir detective uh, story way better. Um, and then like Cool World and things like that. Now, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about the the, the crossing of genres or the using of, of different genres or different filmmaking attributes to, you know, to, oh, hey, you know, this is usually for kids, but now this one's for adults. Do you think that that's gimmicky? Do you think it's legitimate? What do you think? I don't I don't have a problem with the concept. I just feel like generally, and not each of those that you missed, but generally it comes off as gimmicky for whatever reason. Okay. Um, because I feel like people get lazy um, and they just rely on the fact that people will find this funny because... Muppets aren't supposed to say that or like <laughs> animated movies aren't supposed to be like this. Sure. Like they rely too heavily on like just the uniqueness for lack of better term. Sure. Or the uh, shock factor. The shock even. factor of like this not being what these films normally are. Right. Versus like still putting together like a very well developed movie. Like I think an example of like 
whatever you think about it, if you saw it, like you can't argue that it wasn't a well put together movie would be a sausage party. Like sure. they went the animated route, mm-hmm. super inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. But like you can't deny that it was a well done movie. Like you can hate the movie, that's sure. fine. But I don't think you can watch that and say like they did a poor job putting together this story, movie, executing no. all of that kind of stuff. Like you can't you can't honestly say that about that film. Whereas I feel like a lot of these when they kind of go this route, like they come off as just lazy or missed potential or they, you know, short short change a lot of things that like a good movie has. Sure. Just because they're like, yeah, we're funny because we Because this did puppet this. says <laughs> says fuck. I'm gonna yeah. say I'm gonna full disclosure is gonna be some cursing in this episode. There's just cursing like in the, the movie, movie. It's R rated. It's R rated. Um but like I agree with you. Like, you know, not to go back to Sausage Party, but to go back to Sausage Party, like the movie has legitimately decent animation. But at the same time, I think what really sets it apart is that Instead of just seeing animated characters saying naughty words, they used it as a, a very odd but also interesting commentary on like religion and and classes and st- steroids and things like that and 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 it's also funny like it's witty it's more than just it's it's more than just raunchy humor. You know, it, it's a lot more than that. Like there's a uh, particularly in Sausage Party, there's the one bit where the douche who's the, <laughs> the bad guy of the film um, keeps using other uh, grocery uh, names in the things that he says. And then they poke their head in and he's just like, not you. I'm not talking about you. That is one of my favorite parts of that movie. And it has nothing to do with, you know, oh, the hot dog wants to have sex with the bun. You know, it goes beyond that. It actually shows wit. And um, and I think that's an it's an important thing to mention. It's an important thing to mention that it, when done the right way, these movies can be really successful. I mean, you look at you look at a Roger Rabbit, which is by no means adult focused, sure. but it is a legitimately noirish film. Um, it is legit like in its uh, in its cinematography, in its execution. Like there are real stakes. There are parts of that movie that get really, really dark. Yeah. Um, and, and it has a damn ride in Disneyland. And that kind of brings us to talking about the happy time murders. Now, before we get into our reactions to the film, David, were you familiar? I didn't put this in our outline. We use an outline every now and then to help guide us along this journey. But did you, were you familiar with the kind of long road that it took to get this film made at all? Uh, not as familiar as with you. So okay. let's, uh, I'll, I'll learn with everybody else. Sure. Yeah. And so, and it's, this is, there's not that much to it. All right. B- the biggest thing is that this has been a project of Brian Henson's for a long time. Brian Henson being the son of the late, great Jim Henson. And this has been sort of a, a passion project of his for a long time. He's tried to get it made for forever. And there's been, there were some previous stars attached to the film. One of the bigger names that was previously attached was Catherine Heigl, um, and one of the other big names that was previously attached was Jamie Foxx. And then eventually it got around to being made. Um, and instead of uh, Jamie Foxx, we got Melissa McCarthy. We got Elizabeth Banks. We got Maya Rudolph. Um, by no means a, uh, uh, you know, pushovers in regards to comedic talent. But compared to like a Cameron Diaz or a Jamie Foxx. Cameron Diaz also was somebody who was, who was offered a part in the film. Um, 
I, I mean, I don't know. I struggled to call it a downgrade. You know, Melissa McCarthy has been a, a big, big comedy star ever since Bridemaids, although we're seeing diminishing returns more and more. Um, but I thought it was important to note that, like, this something has been in development for this. This film has been in development for 10 years, practically. It took 10 years to get this movie made. Um, and if I'm honest, I don't see the 10 years on, on the screen. No. You know, um, kind of to, to roll into our thoughts of the film, I was disappointed. There were a lot of aspects of this film that wound up disappointing me. Um, first and foremost, the comedy felt very one note to me. It felt very much like this puppet who says the word fuck is the funniest thing. And yep. that's and we just got different variations of that, you know? Oh, this puppet said a naughty thing, that's funny. Oh, this puppet said a naughty thing, that's funny. And after a while, it's not I mean, it's not that funny anymore. Sure. Especially once you like accept it, like halfway through the film, it's like, okay, I'm in this world. This world has cursing puppets. I've accepted it. We got to do something else. Well, I felt like it kind of didn't, it didn't know what it wanted to be. Did it want to be something where puppets are just part of the real world? Sure. You know, or did they want it to make like something unique about there being puppets in a human world? Like, right. They they kind of went back and forth between like, oh, they're just part of this world and, oh, there's something different about it because they're in this world. Right. You know, like, um, so I think, yeah, like you said, it just felt one noted in a lot of the comedy from the standpoint of let's just see all the inappropriate things we can do with, with puppets. With puppets, And yeah. the story suffered because of it. I mean, it just seemed like they were just like, let's just do everything that wouldn't be in a normal Muppet movie sure. and do it. Sure. Like, let's have sex jokes. Let's have, you know... Bad words, bad drugs. Bad words, drugs. Murder. Puppet yeah. murder. Yeah, like... It just felt lazy in a lot of it. Like, yeah. they, they didn't... Like, the best part of, like you said, was Sausage Party. And, and we'll go back to this, because to me, it's the, the best example of, like, making a rated R movie... That's super kid's, inappropriate yeah. using like a kid's um, like format medium. Format, medium yeah. yeah. So I think, you know, it just it didn't hit those notes like you could have done a lot more with this movie. And I think that's, you know, not to jump to like how I felt about this movie overall as a whole. But like when we saw this on paper, when mm -hmm. we learned that they were going to do a Muppet like noir, like. Detective. murder detective murder mystery type of thing you knew you knew that there was going to be comedy involved number one because it's muppets sure. every, every movie has comedy that it's has puppets. Muppets. it's important to mention that it's actually not technically disney branded muppets well they're muppets so um <laughs> so disney might it, have to call you later that's fine the the concept itself sounded phenomenal like it's something that's right up yours and my alley that you know, we were both pumped up for. I think when we went over our most anticipated movies for this year, I think it was on both of ours. It was up there. Um, but then you got to the movie itself, and it was just such a letdown. Like, I think that's why I had even more issues than than maybe, like, the movie itself deserves, sure. is that, like, I felt like there was so much potential for this film, 
And really, I mean, if I'm being honest, most of the things that are funny or meant to be funny, all the jokes, you get almost all of them in the preview. You get like, a lot of them. You get a lot of them in the previews. There's, I can't, there's a couple that I laughed at. Number one, I do want to, I do want to point out, and, and I think you have a different opinion in this regard on me. I actually found Melissa McCarthy to be one of the funnier parts of the film. Um, I, one of my, I guess if we have to talk about consistent comedy, one of my favorite things was seeing her just arguing with a puppet and just being like, no, fuck you. Like, that's funny to me. I don't know why that got me. Um, I, I don't, I can't explain why, but I chuckled more than a few times. Like when she's arguing with the puppets on the beach, um, when she's, I mean, there's several times where she's doing it. Listen, that's funny to me. I laughed. I'm not going to lie. It got me a couple times. But that's really it. All of the best parts. If you've seen the rated R trailer, you've seen probably the best parts of the film. Probably the funniest kind of bits of the film. Yeah. I think there's one, and we'll save it for the spoiler thoughts, um, one aspect that doesn't come out in the um, in the previews um, that goes throughout the movie that I think is funny, that I found funny and, okay. and thought it was a, a good good take. But other than that, yeah. I mean, I think the majority of the stuff was in there. Um, I don't think I had a problem with her performance, per se. Sure. It's just I feel like this goes into a long line, and I'm looking at her her movies. You, you've got Ghostbusters. You've got, oh, man, um, <laughs> Life of the Party. You've got... I actually didn't mind the spy. I'll, I'll say I, I liked, did like spy. I like spy. Uh, the boss, though. Mm-hmm. Um, Tammy. Uh huh. This big identity thief, boisterous personality, identity like thief. aggressive personality. Uh, I mean, it's just one of those things where I feel like she keeps, like she gets keeps getting put into these like lead roles, and she keeps doing the exact same thing in pretty much all of them. Sure. Like she's the like over-the-top, inappropriate person that... And I will give them credit. I felt like the previous movies that I've seen of hers, like, they overemphasize, like, this is a, like, bigger lady, like, doing different things. Like, sure. there's, like, a lot of, like, fat jokes or that kind of sure, stuff. Sure, 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 And I felt like they didn't really do that for once in her movies, which I felt like is typically one of the things that they did. Okay. <laughs> um, Interesting. So, so I'll give that. But like you said, I thought she did a great job in the movie, but I just felt like the movie wasn't good, and I'm like, here we go again, another Melissa McCarthy movie that had a lot of potential, thought it would be funny, and wasn't that great. Well, let's keep talking about the humans in the movie then, because I feel like um, almost every single human in this movie is wasted. Mm -hmm. Um, Maya Rudolph's pretty good. Elizabeth, and we won't get into, like, super deep spoilers, but Maya Rudolph plays, like, the loyal secretary. Yeah, traditional, like, noir, like... Yeah. Private detective secretary. Yeah, she's great. She's my Rudolph's great in almost everything that she does. Also, Bridesmaids reunion, you have to you have yep. to bring that up. Yep. But like Joel McHale as the douchebag FBI agent, wasted. Elizabeth Banks as the ex-girlfriend stripper, wasted. Um uh, Stanley from the office, Leslie David Baker. That, you you wouldn't know who he was it's, if we said Leslie David Baker. No, so Stanley. Stanley from the office. Yep. Fine. You know, perfectly fine. Um, but like there are, and, and that's really the big name cast. One of the crazier things I saw in the film, 
is Jimmy O. Yang, who is on Silicon Valley. He's in Crazy Rich Asians. He's this kind of rising comedy star. Maybe I didn't notice, all right? I'm, I'm fully willing to say that maybe I missed him. I saw him in one scene in a pass-by shot as a, as a, as a beat cop. And he didn't say anything. And I was like, is that Jimmy O. Yang? And then he never showed up again. And I was, that led me to believe that this film has been, got the shit edited out of it. Like literally it got chopped up in the editing room. Um, but aside from Melissa McCarthy and my Rudolph, I felt all the humans in this film were absolutely wasted. Uh, agree? Thoughts? I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, Joel McHale doesn't show up until the last like, 25 minutes of the film. And I have questions about his character that we'll discuss in spoilers well, as well. Yeah. Um, that being said, I do want to, I do want to say that I think that the puppeteering in this film it's is phenomenal. It's great. Phenomenal. Like in terms of a craft, in terms of, uh, special effects and, and the different gimmicks that they put together, the, the puppeteering is amazing in this movie. And I love that they gave us, um, sort of a behind the scenes reel during the end credits so we could see how all of it's done. But you get like, you get full body like puppets, not like full body as in a, there's a person inside of it, but you see puppets from head to toe interacting, walking, dancing. You see puppets driving cars like and not just behind a blue screen, a full blown shot of a car driving with the puppet behind the wheel. Um, there's a puppet fight scene in this movie that I actually really enjoyed and thought it was kind of impressive from a puppeteering standpoint. And that's one of the reasons why I don't fully like hate this movie and I can't fully shit on it because, man, there is some impressive puppet work in this movie. See, but it's like, that's the thing is it's like, uh, what was the long title one for last year? Valerian. Valerian in the city of a thousand planets. Yes. Yeah. Like no one's going to argue that movie's beautiful. Right. And there's plenty of movies where it's like you can't knock the craft of like the technical people involved in this. Right. But that doesn't remove the short the <laughs> extreme shortcomings of films. And I like that movie by sure. the way, just like John Carter. I enjoyed that movie. I yeah. will admit there's plenty of shortcomings. Sure. Um but I think that's the the difficulty. But I mean, when it comes to puppeteering, let's let's be honest. Like there's no one better than the Jim Henson Hensons. comes. No. Yeah, the Hensons. And and you can Disney can say this isn't part of us, but like it's still a Henson movie. So right. I'm sorry, it's, it's it's the Hensons. So it's not the Jim Henson company. They actually started, I don't know if you know this, they started their own production company. It's up at the oh, front of the, it's Henson Alternative. Oh yeah, no, I is, saw that. Is geared towards the more adult focused, but still using puppets. Yeah, what movies has has they have they? Um, that's an excellent question. <laughs> I, I looked it up. <laughs> I can't imagine that there is. They a, do like uh, little shorts and like political things and stuff like right, that. So, right, right. Um, um, let me see here. I mean, I haven't heard of any of these. You know. Like, yeah, I mean, like I said, most of them are like little like talk shows and and political things because most of them are like kind of running like yeah. little shorts and things that they do. So this is the first like mainstream movie that I know of that Henson Alternative did. Sure. Um, I think had this movie been more successful, you probably would have seen more, but it's probably going to mean that there's going to be a long time before like the we idea, see another Like one. the idea that they do a puppet television game show, like I need to watch this now. Sure. I'm very interested in this. Uh Web series, like this kind of stuff. Like, I'm interested in this, but this was the first movie from Henson Alternative. And 
despite the fact that the puppeteering is amazing and despite the fact that it got a few laughs out of me, like I think a couple of my other biggest issues were, were in the detective story itself, which is not great. There are a lot of holes in it. And I don't know. The thing is, is it's an 86 minute movie with puppets. How much can I bitch about the story <laughs> to, to the point of where it's like, are you kidding me, dude? But there are some giant leaps in logic here. And there are some really uh, there are some characters that disappear and pop back up. And it's like, what the fuck is going on um, that I had issues with? And then also. The film just didn't look nourish enough. I mean, granted, it's set in Hollywood, California, not in old days, not in, in old days, day. modern California. But like noir films, one of my favorite. It's not even really a genre. It's more of a feeling of a film. Um, but noir films are dark and seedy and smoky, and there's a, a certain aesthetic about noir films that I didn't get from this film. It, it just felt like a Muppet movie, like brights, everything set during the it was, daytime. It, it was shot like a Muppet comedy. Yeah, was it, was it was shot like a Muppet comedy. And to, honestly, to me, like that's what differentiates something like a... Uh, who framed Roger Rabbit or a sausage party is that they bought all into the concept. Yeah. Like if you want to use Muppets and puppets to tell a, a hard boiled detective murder mystery, like you said, I'm all in. Yeah. But go all the way, yeah. like make it look dark, make it look seedy, make it look, make it feel that way. Give it a soundtrack that sounds that way. And they just they did a little bit of it. They got the voiceover and they got the femme fatales and the, the, the lead guy smokes a lot, which was actually one of the more shocking things for me. I was like, man, they got a lot of smoking in this movie. <laughs> but the cinematography and that stuff, like, it just didn't gel. No. You know, and it just felt kind of odd. Um, so before we get really deep into spoilers, because I know you have some points. I do. Uh, let's give it our popcorn rating. For those of you who've never listened before, the Popcorn Diet has a unique popcorn rating where instead of stars or thumbs up, we give it one to five popcorns. One popcorn is burnt popcorn, means don't bother. Uh, two popcorns, that is stale popcorn. That means if it's streaming or on Netflix or it's a Redbox rental, fine, go ahead. You, you can probably have fun with it, but don't spend full price for it. Number three, three popcorns is microwave popcorn, which is kind of give or take. If you want to rent it, if you want to go see it in the dollar theater, if you want to go see it on the third week, you're probably fine. Uh, it's not changing the world. It's not ending the world. Four popcorns is movie theater popcorn means you should definitely see this in the theaters. And five popcorns is perfect popcorn, whereas you should go see it immediately. And David, I am probably giving Happy Time Murders a generous grade here because I really did love the puppetry and I really did enjoy some of the comedy. So I'm giving it three popcorns. I give it the microwave popcorn. It's hit or miss. Your mileage may vary on the comedy. And that's another thing that I want to mention is that comedy is, to me, hard to critique. Because everybody's different. Everybody's got different comedic tastes. So there might be people who think this movie is freaking hilarious. And that's great. You're not wrong. If, if, you, if you laugh your ass off in this movie, I'm happy for you. But I, I didn't as much as I wanted to. That being said, I was impressed with the puppetry. And I would visit this world again. Like if they made, if, if Henson Alternative made another movie... I'm in there. I'm in. The whole concept itself is enough to keep me there. So that's what I'm saying. I'm saying three popcorns, but I'm saying it that probably being a little bit more generous than I should. 
It's two for me. Okay. Um, I'm not going to give it a one. It, there's there's definitely some redeeming factors to it. And and like I said, for the puppeteering on its own, I wouldn't give it one. Right. Um, but man, it's like I said, and I probably, you know, again, I, I fully understand that comedy, you know, is different for each person. What you find funny is different from each person. Sure. Um, I think <laughs> there's some truths to some things like are unbiasedly funny and some things are like very much segmented by like taste. your own perspective and taste. Um, but I, I, I just genuinely was disappointed by the film in pretty much every area except puppeteering. So yeah, that's fair. Um, so yeah, I, I gotta go with two. Um, I think it's something that I wouldn't spend money on again. Nah. I would, I I probably won't even stream it if it when it comes out on streaming. But uh, if you're gonna if you really want to see it, I think you're safe to wait I, till streaming. I think and if not you get like high and watch, I think if you get high and watch this movie, it's gonna be one of the funniest movies you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> like if you if you give yourself a little a little a little oomph, I bet you. And some people have been calling this the worst movie of the year. I I would not call it that. I haven't seen a worse one, but we also haven't been I, I have, seeing every movie. I have seen a worse one. I have seen two that I l- liked less than this. If you want me to throw them out there, I really didn't like, I actively did not like Christopher Robin. And I saw Escape Plan 2 Hades. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> that movie sucks badly. I don't know. It looked pretty phenomenal. Oh, it is not good. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> before we get into spoilers, as always, we do want to mention that you can get the Popcorn Diet Podcast delivered to your smartphone, device, whatever, for free, wherever you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is hit the subscribe button and you get a new episode every week featuring myself, featuring David, featuring the special guests as we talk about not only new releases, but also upcoming releases, upcoming Oscars, movies in general. If you love movies and you love talking about them, then hit that subscribe button on iTunes, on Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, wherever you listen. Do us a favor, like us, give us a rating, give us a review. That really helps us out. Uh, If you're looking for our latest reviews, our latest episodes, you can find those on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. And then as always, we want you to be part of the Popcorn Diet family. We want you to be a good movie buddy with us. So follow us on social media, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, at The Popcorn Diet. But now we're going to take this time, we're going to talk a little bit more spoilers, probably using the same points that we've we've gone uh, and talked about already, but now we can use spoiler examples and get into some of the spoilers a little bit more. Now, before we get into some of your specific points, David, or maybe you just have some specific points along with these questions, but I want to know if you had any favorite scenes, any favorite jokes, anything like that. If you can, if there's anything that you can remember that you can pull out that you actually did kind of enjoy out of the film. Um, you know, I enjoyed a couple things. Like I said, I think um, McCarthy, to her credit, does a really good job interacting with the puppets. So mm-hmm. I enjoyed all of the back and forth between her and um, Phil. Phil. Phil Phillips. Yeah, <laughs> I enjoyed. I enjoyed that. You know, I enjoyed uh, when she uh, tackles or he tackles her into the hot tub and that yeah. at the the crime scene and that. So some of that stuff um, I enjoyed. Um, I also enjoyed. To an extent, again, like a lot of comedies these days, in my opinion, they wrote it too far. 
but I enjoyed the whole like sugar addiction thing. Yeah. Um, like that being, <laughs> and and they did lead it all the way to the reason that she has it is because they put a Muppet liver in yes. her and things like that. Yes. And, and, and whatever medical people <laughs> want to uh, yes. say about that. But I mean, it, it played to this world and I, I appreciated that whole part of it. Um, and, and uh, those were probably the two things that, that stood out to me. You'll probably mention something and I'll, I'll second it, but those were the two that coming back to it that I kind of remembered. Well, I do want to, so the things that I like, like I, I did enjoy Melissa McCarthy. Like I said, when she's arguing with that pig and the crab on the beach. Oh, that was good too. I yep. laughed. Like she's like, well, why don't you take the dollar and buy, like, don't eat the $20. Go buy some food, you fucking idiot or something yep. like that. Like that was funny. Um, the fight where she's fighting all the gangster uh, puppets, I thought was really well done. Sure. Um, and uh, I think more than anything else, though, I was really interested in some of the concepts of this world that they just didn't dive deep enough into. Like the idea of puppets being treated as second class citizens. That's mm -hmm. interesting. Sure. They just really didn't dive into it other than having like basically thinly veiled, not even thinly veiled, very not veiled at all, like scenes of like racism. Sure. Um, except against the puppets. I love the concept of sugar being their drug and Melissa McCarthy having a, pup, a puppet liver and instead of a shit ton of alcohol, she's got a bunch of syrup. Yeah. And that's interesting to me. Uh, one of the other aspects was of Phil's brother getting surgery to, to look more, more human. human. Sure. That's interesting. Like there are little interesting concepts in there that I just don't feel were fully explored. They really did, in my opinion, help flesh out that world a little bit. Um, even even things to the extent of like the old puppet who was singing and dancing out of outside of the office and Phil's yeah. like, you know, hey, you don't have to sing and dance anymore. And the puppet's like, I no, I do it because I like it. Like, that's such an interesting commentary on, like, institutionalized racism. And it's – but it doesn't go deep enough. Yeah. Much like everything else in this film, it doesn't go deep enough. Um, there are some really funny visual gags. I'm not going to lie. Most of the stuff in the, in the porn shop made me laugh. Like, when they unveil the curtain and it's the octopus milking the cow, that's just crazy enough as a visual to get me to laugh. Or, like, the dog and the fireman – that's that was fun. I found that to be funny, but like, again, those were ones where I'm like, I just feel like they milked it. No pun intended. Literally too far. <laughs> like, like I feel like good comedy. Like you get one shot of that, right? Their curtain closes and it's done. Like right. instead, like we kept going back to it. Like it's a good point. The dog and the the fireman and or, or even the the like we kept going back to it. You know, the and basic stuff like instinct that. shot. Like we see pup we see puppet Bush in this movie. Yeah, several times, and it's like the first time I was like, okay, I get it. Like it's it's basic instinct. It's fatal attraction. Yeah. it's the femme fatale. But then they keep flashing back to it, and yeah. I'm like. This was funny the first time. Yeah, like you, it's it's there's certain jokes where, and and I feel like the best comedies like they don't just keep hammering back to the same joke. Sure, like, they do that. They get the laughs. They move on. They get another laugh. Sure. Like versus like, I'm not gonna laugh at it again to see like the exact same thing happening. Like right. 
Unless yeah. you take it further. Like, there yeah. are movies like um, Hot Rod, I think. There's a scene where he's falling down the cliff. Yeah. And he falls down it for, like, three minutes to the point of where it's funny. Okay, it's not funny anymore. And then it and goes it for so again. long yeah. that it's funny again. But yeah. this is just, like... It's not that. It's not singular scenes. It's they just keep going back to a joke three or four times. Well, and I think even, you know, along those lines, like, had you not used these in the trailers as much, Mm -hmm. certain one of them would have been would have been better, too. Like the whole like office scene, which, you know, was probably the only reason other than maybe a cuss word in it. That the trailer was the rated R trailer. Like, you know, you give away something like that, which I feel like those are like the shock things that like would get people laugh. People, the people that are going to go see a Muppet movie, we're going to go see a Muppet movie regardless. They didn't need to see the the ejaculation scene in the preview for them to go to that film. Like you would have had more laughs from that had you waited to reveal that for the actual sure or at film. least not revealed the whole bit like the end like the puppet sex is one thing you yeah. could throw that in the trailer sure. sure but the silly string bit at the end yeah like you don't need that in the trailer and that's a funny bit like when he's standing there he's like I'm lightheaded I'm lightheaded yeah and then the silly string starts flying again that's that's legitimately funny well, but even, it's even in to, the trailer even to Maya Rudolph pulling out like the the cleaner it's and the setting trailer. it on it's in the trailer like yep. all of those parts are what generally would have made that funny depending on your taste um but they literally showed the entire thing like normally scenes like they show a portion of it and right. then you get the full context of it in there right like we got pretty much the entire context yep. of it and that's cr- and and that's been a running issue this year it feels like there's been at least a few big movies where like the whole movie's in it. Jurassic World was one. Yep. Um, I think the Meg was another one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same thing. Like we don't need to show like, yeah, it's super interesting the way trailers work. Um, but yeah, so the, uh, and again, this is, we're talking about an R rated puppet movie. That's 86 minutes long, but yep. I had a couple of issues with, with some of the plot jumps in this movie. Um, uh, particularly, I had an issue with Elizabeth Banks's character and what purpose she actually served um, because she shows up as the stripper ex-girlfriend ex. Wait, wait, wait. She com- shows up as former TV star. Yes. Turn stripper, stripper slash ex-girlfriend. Slash ex-girlfriend. Well, I guess she was the ex-girlfriend when she wasn't a stripper. She was a TV star girlfriend. And then she went to stripper. And then she went to stripper. And then she went to co-conspirator. That's the thing. Like <laughs> ex-girlfriend. I knew when they blew her up in the car, she wasn't dead. For but sure. I didn't think that they were gonna keep her. The like she shows up at the end of the film. Like surprise, I'm alive. And I'm like, why does that fucking matter? Yeah. And then she turns right away again. She's like, no, we don't. Have, like it just doesn't have any weight to it. Yeah. Um. The other issue I had was with Joel McHale's character who is an FBI agent, not a special agent, not a captain or anything. He's literally listed FBI. as FBI agent. Well, yeah, like, because they needed that for the joke that they did. The, which, <laughs> fucking big idiot, kind of funny. Right? I'm not going to deny it. But he's Agent Campbell, an FBI agent. And there's a scene in the film where he suspends Melissa McCarthy's character, who is a cop. And I'm willing to make that leap for a kid's film. 
This is not a kid's film. This is blatantly an adult film. Sure. An FBI agent, I don't believe, has the ability to suspend a cop. Am I wrong here? I mean, I think probably it would go through the process of Leslie David Stanley, basically. Right. Suspending, suspending him at the behest of the FBI. Exactly. Like thing. the agent says, like, your guy's out of control. You need to get her out of here. And then the captain goes like, I, hey, you're off the case. Yeah. But there's literally like, Joel McHale's like, give me your badge and your gun. And I was just this, I, I was just like, this is bullshit. That never would happen. Yeah. This is nonsense. Yeah. Um, there was one other one that I can't remember. Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's break down. Let's let's break down this mystery. Okay. Yep. All right. So the whole plot of the film is that somebody is murdering the members, the ex cast, the former cast of the Happy Time Gang. Yep. Somebody is murdering them off because uh, they all get syndication money, and the less cast members there are, that syndication money gets put into the pool and distributed amongst the rest of the cast. So there's ten cast members getting a million dollars each or whatever. You kill off one of them. There's nine cast members getting a million one each. Mm -hmm. Okay, so people are getting knocked off left and right. That's an interesting concept. I'm into that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then they establish that the person doing the killing is uh, what's her name? <laughs> what is her name? Uh, Sandra White. Excuse yeah. me. Sandra yeah. is the is the femme fatale. She's the yeah. one in the in the office scene. They establish that it's her doing the killings, and they establish that the reason she's doing it is because she's actually the daughter of a man who Phil accidentally shot. So she's doing it for essentially revenge, kind of. Yep. And then it's discovered that she's in cahoots. She married Elizabeth Banks so that her and Elizabeth Banks could actually cash in the money because Elizabeth Banks is a member of that cast, and they could actually leave. Now... That all being said, that all tracks, all right? That all works out. That being said, they find this whole trove of evidence, right? Mm -hmm. And they burn it. It's accidentally burned. They, they burn all of the evidence implicating Sandra White in this crime. And then at the end of the film, it is literally just Phil Phillips, Melissa McCarthy, Elizabeth Banks is knocked out in the airport, and Sandra White on the plane. And Sandra White gets capped between the eyes, right? Mm -hmm. She's dead. Yep. There where is the evidence that implicates her? Is it the money cuz she has the money? Is that the evidence? Because I thought there was no evidence implicating her of the crime. Is it the money? Is it am I missing something there? Cuz I was like they killed her and then the captain just comes in and is and is all, "Well, you guys got the job done." I'm like, "Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There should be 3 weeks of inquiries on how this happened." But instead, they just wrapped it up. And again, I understand I'm probably diving way too fucking deep on this film, but I love noir mysteries, and that I mean, I guess me the wrong maybe way. it's a combo of things of, you know, obviously, I mean, she basically confesses to it in front of Melissa McCarthy. Right. In the airport. Who's currently off the force, though. You've also got, um, well, you can confess to someone outside of the force. Um You've got the girlfriend, mm -hmm. Jenny, right? Oh, yeah, Elizabeth Banks' yeah. character. Who's alive that was dead. So I know at, at a minimum we got something there. We have a potential witness. Yeah. 
So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a stretch, but like you said, it's 86 minutes. It's Yeah, maybe I'm putting too much effort into this. But I think, um, I don't know. you know, kind of on, on the lines of, of your plot storylines and, and some of the holes in there, I think, um, you know, I think it is what it is. It's, it's, a, it's a Muppet movie. I think what my thing was is there's two, here are two of my things with, with this film right, in cause, general. Because you said you had some ideas that would have made it better, right? So one of them is what do you always have in every Muppet movie? A song. A song. Yeah. No song in this. No songs. Zero songs. Zero songs. Not even, like, I can't even think of really music in this film. Yeah, Not really. Yeah. Very little music. So that, to me, is one thing that's always a characteristic of, of, of that. Going back to what we've been going back to a lot this, this podcast, which is Sausage Party. They did. They had the songs. Yeah. Like, animated movies have songs. Like, they Muppet movies, Muppet movies have songs. Like, you could have easily gotten some kind of song, even if it's, like, just to kick off the film, like, you know, or something like right, that. Right, if it's a song during the Happy Time Gang. Yeah, like that kind of thing. So we had zero music in this this film. Okay. Um, but then I also think, like, one of the things that I could see, and, and I'm fine with it being completely original, but one of the things that Muppet movies always did was they always kind of retold, like, stories we've had with humans. Um okay. And basically told it in a lot of ways, like with Muppets. Sure, you're talking about the Muppet Treasure Islands, the Muppet Christmas Carols. Not necessarily like, there's basically three big ones. There's four big ones, I sure. think. There's the Muppet Movie. Yep. Uh, there's the Mu- the Great Muppet Caper. Mm-hmm. Mu- Muppets Take Manhattan, and then the Muppets. Yep. And also the Muppets Most Wanted. Those are their own original products. But the big, the reason that the kids. And when I say the kids, I think I mean you and my generation. Now, now adults. Now adults. Like, it's because of, like, Muppet Treasure Island is genius. Muppet Christmas Carol is great. And they've done that, all kinds of stuff like that. But the thing is, behind those films is, like, their story holds up. Sure. Um, and some of that's because they're taking already told stories and, and telling it with Muppets. And, and I didn't need, like, an already told story, but, like... If that's the easier way to get to what we're trying to accomplish here, then like, why not do it? Like, right. I would be fully in for like a modified LA Confidential <laughs> with Muppets. Like, that would be amazing. Like, I would be all in for that. Like, and that's where I'm like, you don't have to sacrifice the story just because it's a Muppet film. Like, that's a good, yeah, absolutely. That kind of justifies why I'm bitching about this, I guess. Absolutely. Cause, cause, you're exactly right. Like these films, and the thing is, is they shouldn't have to sacrifice the story or the logic if it's if it's an adult film. If it's if it's a kids film, you can sacrifice story and logic because kids are stupid. Yeah, and and it doesn't matter if the FBI agent suspends the cop because we know that the FBI agent is the bad authority figure. Mm-hmm. But like for an adult, you want to create a murder mystery noir film again. I can't help but feel that everything was halfway. Sure. It's just, and that's what it feels like. It feels like everything was halfway. They yeah. did some of it good. The mystery itself, like explaining the mystery of it. I want to see that movie. I want to see a movie where the cast, the former cast of a, of a children's television show is being killed off. Yeah. That's interesting. I'm into that. Yeah. It's just the execution, you yeah. know, um, the, the execution really. Well, my thing is too, is 
it was cut down to 86 minutes. Like you said, I think this thing got chopped up like crazy. It had to have, um, right? But I'm like, I would have watched 14 more minutes of this film had it filled in some of the plot holes and made it right. a, a better film overall. Right. Um, also, I think they wasted a lot of the time that they had on jokes or certain scenes being longer than they needed to be or extending sure. out I, things. Oh, okay. I do have to mention one other joke that probably my favorite joke in the whole film. I have one that I forgot about too. Though, okay, let's so see. We'll ahead. see. Let's see what happens here. Um, number one, at the end of the film, near the end of the film, when they're looking for the other two members of the Happy Time Gang, and yep. they go to this weird abandoned house. Yep. Mm-hmm. Number one, I felt that that whole scene was missing something, but it turns out that those two members were like cousins. Yes, and I love they that. and they find these. <laughs> this, this is what I was going to bring What's up it? too. Yep, <laughs> they, there's this screaming, and I'm like, "What is that?" And they find like the two inbred puppet children, <laughs> just like one's got a third eye, one's got one, one eye, eye. Uh, and yep. they just turn and look at him and just are like, <laughs> "I laughed my ass off with that. That was legit. <laughs> that was probably my favorite joke. It of the, was of the legitimately film. funny. Even now, thinking about it." Is legitimately funny. Yep. Um, and and I wish there was more of that because that that isn't just. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know how to quantify the humor in it, but it's not just a, a, a ooh they're do, doing naughty sex things yeah. or it's ooh they're saying a naughty word. Like it's a little bit deeper than that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it like shows things that you can't normally. That's the thing is the thing about Muppets is sometimes you can do things with Muppets that you physically are unable to do with humans right like yes you could put makeup on a couple of kids and and but it wouldn't be funny it'd be terrifying it would be terrifying exactly (laughs) but it's funny when it's muppets and so like even as i think about it now i don't think we like took advantage of that enough in in this i mean i uh, there's like it's established that humans and muppets Fuck in this universe. Apparently, yeah. What is what does that mean? What right? can come of that? Yeah. A half human Muppet hybrid? Show me that. Show yeah. me that shit. <laughs> um, so last question before we wrap it up here, but obviously we were disappointed by this film a little bit. Although we have managed to, you know, raise our excitement back up talking about the parts that we did like, which I guess is kind of the the whole point of the popcorn diet is that there's, you know, even bad movies have good parts in them. Sure. Um, would you, would you re, would you revisit this universe again? I severely doubt they'll make another sequel to this film in this universe again, simply because it didn't make any money. Like this movie is going to top out at, what do you think, thirty million dollars domestic max? Max. Um. So. That and that's a bummer because you could tell that there's a lot of heart put into this from from certain perspectives. But would you revisit like other Henson Alternative stuff if Henson Alternative came out with something different? Would you be about it, or have you seen all there is to see? Uh, I would see it. I think I'd go into it with a whole lot lower expectations. Okay. I mean, I was pumped at the concept of this film. Right. You and I both. Now that I've seen it. My mm-hmm. expectations would be severely lowered. I don't think I'd be hurrying out like opening weekend to right. go see it. Um, we obviously were doing this for the podcast, so we always go opening weekend. But and and after I saw the trailer, I'll admit I wasn't as jazzed to go see it either. Sure. Um, 
but we were seeing it for the podcast. But before seeing the trailer, like I would have thought like this is a movie I'm going to see opening weekend. Oh yeah, I was I was all about this. Yeah, and and the thing is, is like th- these movies can be successful. Like you look at going back to Sausage Party again. Like that movie cost nineteen million dollars, and it made almost a hundred. It made one hundred forty more forty million dollars. That's that's big, and this movie's not gonna make a a, a quarter of that probably. So would we come back to and revisit Henson Alternative? Hell, man, I would even see a sequel of this film. But you're right. I think the ex- expectations would be severely lowered. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, there is a passion in puppeteering and there is a, a craft and a skill and that is fully on display here. Absolutely. Um, it's just it's it's a craft and skill that is failed by everything else around it. The yeah. story, the the performances, the filmmaking itself, the cinematography, the music or lack thereof. It just doesn't build a full, complete picture. I think that's about it. Yeah, I, yeah. Think, we're, I think we're good. Put a fork in it. Put a fork on this one. So the next two episodes we have coming up are going to be kind of summer in reviews. We want to talk a little bit about uh, about how the summer went and, and expectations of, of moving forward. And then one of these episodes, David, we got to start talking about Oscars, baby. It's going to be September before you know it. And it's time for our early Oscar prognostications. Are way too early. Oscar way too. I don't know if they're way too early anymore. Oh, it's way too early. Some people are still talking about them right now. How many? How many films have come out that you think are going to win Oscars thus far? At least I don't know. We'll save that for another episode. All right. Listen, listen in the next couple of weeks for that conversation. Uh, but that's going to do it for this episode. As mentioned before, you can subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts just by hitting that subscribe button. Do us a favor. Give us a rating. Give us a review. We really appreciate it. All of our articles, reviews, and new episodes can be found on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. And we want you to be part of the community. Follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, at the popcorn diet but for the canadian machine mr david melhorn i am your very best good movie buddy rick williamson and we'll see you next time with another good movie on the popcorn diets adios